Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios, the Eatery in General Podcast. I am Al, and it's time for another retro review. I'm going to be continuing my series on taking a look at some of the supplements for the Marvel Superheroes role-playing game. I did have a little bit of a break last week when uh, we aired the episode that we recorded at uh, Evercon up in Wausau. And uh, there was uh, actually a lot of fun because, as I mentioned in that episode, this is the first time that Lou, Chad, Dawn, and I have all been together in the same place at the same time. So, like I said, that was that was kind of fun there. And I uh, actually did get a chance to play a little bit of Marvel superheroes while at the convention. Uh, there was a gentleman there who ran a couple of ad- adventures. Uh, he did modifications of two pre-existing Marvel adventures. So those were a lot of fun. And these ones focused on the Avengers. So I remember in the first one I did, I played the Vision. And then the second one, I played Iron Man. So that that was a lot of fun. I mean, Iron Man can be fun to play because, well, let's face it, Tony Stark is kind of cocky. So if you like playing someone who is really kind of, you know, cool and arrogant and cocky, then that that makes uh, Tony Stark a lot of fun to play. Plus his suit, of course, has all sorts of interesting little gizmos and gadgets on it. But the module I'm going to be talking about today is Murder World. Now, for the uninitiated, Murder World is a death trap amusement park that is built by an assassin named Arcade. Now, Arcade actually doesn't have any superhuman powers. Uh, He's a high-tech wonder, so his only real uh, piece of equipment that he carries, at least in the module that we have, is a a dart gun that shoots poisonous darts, but unfortunately they're not very powerful, so any sort of body armor prevents them from going into effect. And his original appearance when he was first debuted in, uh, I think it was Marvel Team-Up, he had a white suit with a really tacky bow tie and wavy or curly red hair. I saw a modern design of him, and honestly, I wasn't too fond of it. Uh, He had his hair slicked back, and he was wearing a much darker suit. So it almost looked like they were going out of their way to make Arcade look a bit more like the Joker. Now, the murder worlds he builds, uh, it's actually not one specific location. He has built several murder worlds over the course of his career, and usually at the end of the comic, as I recall, his murder worlds are either destroyed or uh, taken apart. So, Arcade makes deals with people that, for a million dollars, he'll kill someone. The only condition is he has to put them in this murder world. And the victim has to have a little bit of a chance of survival. Because in his opinion, well, just killing someone instantly, come on, where's the fun and where's the originality in that? 
he would much rather put someone in a death trap dungeon and watch them make an attempt to escape. So that is the core of the plot of Murder World, as you might expect. And this particular adventure was written with the Fantastic Four in mind. In this version of the Fantastic Four, though, She-Hulk replaces the Thing. Because this guess at the time that this adventure was written, uh, the Thing decided to go off on his own, and She-Hulk would fill in as the team's muscle. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this particular adventure is the way it starts. It's trying to portray... Well, uh, for more or less a day in the life of the Fantastic Four. So as it starts out, you have Johnny and Sue Storm. They're being interviewed by someone who says that they she went to college with them. And as you might guess, and as the players might guess, there's actually something more to this, uh, this reporter, this uh, interviewer, than meets the eye. Meanwhile... Reed Richards is uh, at a device that is monitoring the negative zone, and he notices some things that might be of concern. And then finally, we have She-Hulk, who's working out. She is uh, trying to lift this hydraulic press. Now, the problem she faces, though, is that this press was set to the Thing's workout routine. And the thing is actually two ranks stronger than uh, the than the She-Hulk is. So, you know, she has to try to get out from under this weight thing. Otherwise, she gets forced through the floor and, you know, crashes into the, the Fantastic Four's dining room. Well, this is all interrupted by an attack by Doctor Doom. Well, not the real Doctor Doom, of course. Uh, Doctor Doom is known for using Doombots. So the uh, judge's handbook does mention there's two different types of Doombots. There's Diplomat Doombots and Warrior Doombots, where the Warrior ones, therefore, when Doom wants to uh, fight, as the Diplomatic ones are designed for if he wants to talk. And, of course, like many supervillains, he realizes that, well... Why go in and try to negotiate things yourself? Or why go in there and do the job on your own when it's possible you might get hurt? So he has this way of throwing, uh, you know, he likes to send these doom bots to do certain tasks. Well, the Fantastic Four, they would have a pretty easy time do uh, fighting against a doom bot. I mean, again, you got the four of them against one robot. It's actually a very easy battle, I would suspect. Uh, now, when I did this adventure in my campaign, I didn't use the Fantastic Four. We were all, uh, you know, everyone was using original characters, so I didn't have that opening part. Instead, I had the town's uh, sheriff, chief of police, call them because... Dr. Doom was on a building in downtown shooting random bolts of energy at people. And, of course, my players were kind of suspicious. So they they doubted it was the real Doom because, well, the, the players were based in this, you know, small, kind of a 
outskirt town of a large city. So it's like, why would Dr. Doom go to this small town just to commit random acts of destruction? Well, after the Fantastic Four defeats the Doombot, there's a clue they can discover. A business card for Dikara Electronics. And naturally, the players are going to want to uh, go investigate that. And when they go there, well, there's a nice little picture there that shows uh, the reflection of Dakara is, of course, Arcade. And they're ambushed by several water tower robots that are actually pretty tough. And they have been designed specifically to take out the Fantastic Four. So the robots actually would pose a very significant challenge to uh, the Fantastic Four. And also they did pose a significant challenge to uh, my group as well. And the way this encounter was supposed to be run is it's set up with the... It's set up with the intention that the Fantastic Four are going to lose. And these water tower robots then, they're going to scoop up the hero and then take um, hit them with a knockout gas and then take them over to Murder World. Though the game does give you some ideas for how to handle it if uh, the heroes do manage to defeat the, the robots. So there's still some ways to keep the adventure on track. The third section, this is where we actually get to play in Murder World. This is where it can be challenging depending on how many players you have in your group. They only have four challenges that are listed in this particular adventure. So if you have more than four players, you're either going to have to double up or think of some uh, new ones. Now, fortunately, when I was running this particular sec- this particular adventure, a couple of the members of my group weren't there. So I only had four people, so it actually worked out rather perfectly. So each player awakens in one of their various challenges. Now, the first is where they put Mr. Fantastic. He finds himself in a castle that's being attacked by various little goblin robots. And there is a sword that he can use to try to defeat them. But, eh, as you might guess, that's actually trapped. You'll find that in this Murder World module. There's a lot of traps in there. The Human Torch, his challenge is called Mr. Fireman. And he finds himself at the base of an Aztec Step Pyramid. And at the top is a large robot holding Alicia Masters captive. Alicia Masters is a sculptress, and she's a friend of the Fantastic Four. She did date the Thing for a while, and I think then later on she uh, started dating Johnny Storm. Now, of the four challenges, this is the only one that really was written for a specific character. The other three, they're generic enough that you should be able to put a player in there, an original character, without having to do a lot of modifications. Now, with Mr. Fireman, uh, there are several robots in there that are armed with fire extinguishers. So if Johnny gets hit by one of those, he won't be able to use his uh, fire powers for a, a few rounds. 
But again, still not that too bad of an encounter to modify uh, if you're, you know, this might be a good encounter if you do have someone that has uh, heavily dependent elemental powers, uh, they might be equipped with some weapons that nullify that ability. The next one, Intruder, this is the one that Sue Richards, the invisible girl, finds herself in. So this one, there's a room with invisible walls that kind of flicker in and out of existence. And Sue's task is to make it to the uh, other side of the room. Oh yes, before I go on, as far as uh, Alicia Masters, she can be the real person, or another possibility is it could be a robot that's rigged to explode once someone tries to rescue her. So when I was doing my particular campaign, the uh, group that uh, was I was playing with, they had a, a professor who was a mentor. He wasn't a superhuman or a real superhero, but he had did some work with superheroes uh, in the past. So uh, he was captured in here, but again, I used the robot decoy uh, method. So <laughs> yeah, when uh, the player who I threw in there tried to rescue him, of course, it went kablooey. Well, back to uh, Invisible Girl. So she has to get to the other side of this room, but you've got these walls that kind of go in and out of existence. So there's a possibility that when you try to go through one of these walls, or if you try to go through an area, the wall might not be there, or there might be a wall there. Or you might go through just as though the, the wall is starting to form. In that case, you'll take some damage. Now, in addition to the invisible walls... Uh, you also have to cope with several uh, robots with minotaur heads. They don't ram the character, they just shoot guns at them. And of course, once you get to the end of the the room and get to the exit door and try to open it, it explodes. The last challenge is called Mech Wars, or I'm sorry, Mach Wars. And this is the one She-Hulk gets put in. She awakens to find herself on what looks like a a mesa in the middle of the Grand Canyon, and there's a fighter jet nearby. Well, another fighter jet appears that is piloted by the thing. And as he starts to shoot at it, um, he, you know, the the intent is to get She-Hulk into this jet fighter so they can engage in this aerial battle. Now, the problem is this, this jet, which isn't really there, it's just a... It's basically like, you know, one of those old sit-down arcade cabinets, only there's holograms that make it look like a fighter jet and make it look like she's actually flying. Now, that can only take so many hits, and once it takes a certain number of hits, guess what happens? It explodes. And the problem here is that the fighter jets that you fight aren't real. They're just holograms, and there's concealed lasers around the room that are actually shooting at you. So eventually your your jet, if you don't find a way to get out anyway, your jet is probably going to explode and you'll take damage and you still got to try to find a way to get out. Fortunately, the drop isn't that great. It's only about 30 feet, so most superheroes can easily uh, take that jump. But I remember the uh, player that I put in there, she decided to jump off the Mesa and just to see what would happen, because she had tele, she had teleport, so she could always try to teleport herself out of danger. And 
when I told her that, well, you go down a few feet and then you're just kind of floating in midair. And she gave me this really nasty look. (laughs) And of course, once she did find the hidden door to get out of the room, guess what happened? If you guessed that it exploded, you are correct. Now, once the players, if they do survive and they do manage to get out of their traps, there is a headquarters area where they can go to try to find Arcade and his two assistants, Miss Locke and Mr. Chambers. However, there's multiple headquarters, and only one of them is going to have the real uh, villains there. The others have dummies, and if the players try to go up and try to fight with these dummies... Guess what happens? They explode. Yes, this adventure has more explosions than the average Michael Bay film. Well, once the players manage to escape Murder World, uh, then they can return to the Baxter building. Now, when I was using this in my campaign, since I wasn't using the Fantastic Four, and they really wouldn't have had any reason to go to the Baxter building... What I did for the finale of the adventure I ran is I had Arcade up here in a huge mech suit. However, the armor was far, far too strong for them to penetrate. But one of the things they noticed is that after every so round, every few rounds, there were these panels that would open up on the mech suit, and they were the glowing red inside. Now, what those were, those were trying to give off energy, or they are trying to give off excess heat because the suit was going to overheat. So it took them a few rounds to figure out that, okay, they really don't have enough strength to destroy this giant mecha on their own, so what they're going to have to do is they had to find a way to actually fire into the, the vents, and then that would cause the suit to explode. Oh yes, and uh, one of my players who had sonic control powers, she actually found some creative uses for it to stall uh, arcade. So that helped in the battle as well. So, like I said, that was a lot of fun because it really forced the players to, you know, once they realized that this thing's body armor was too tough for them, they realized they couldn't take a direct run-in-there-and-bash-it approach. But anyways, back to what awaits the Fantastic Four. Well, once they escape Murder World, they return to Baxter Tower, or Baxter Building, and unfortunately, they find out they've had some visitors. While they were gone, there are several Skrull that have invaded the building, because they're looking for a time machine that uh, Reed Richards has. And not only that, there's these Skrull have managed to reactivate uh, a being known as the Super Adaptoid, which is a robot that uh, has the ability to absorb superpowers. There's also a couple other villains they have to contend with, the Wizard and the Trapster, who are members of a group called the Frightful Four. Now, during the battle... Depending, it is possible that they might open a portal to the negative zone, which means that a uh, being known as Blastar enters the battle. 
And this guy is actually really tough. So it's not he it's possible he might not join the fight though. It really depends on the actions that the person playing Reed Richards took when he was first monitoring the negative zone earlier in the adventure. Well, as the adventure wraps up, uh, there's a few little role-playing things you can do. Now, naturally, the uh, tenants of the Baxter building are not going to be very pleased that uh, due to these super villain and superhero fights, they've experienced damage to the building and power interruptions. So, you know, the person playing Reed is going to have to deal with that. And also there, if uh, Arcade managed to escape, he will uh, send another, he'll try to plant a bomb in the the Baxter building. And he disguises himself as uh, Willie Lumpkin, the Fantastic Four's mailman. And also at the end of the, the adventure, the Doombot makes another appearance as... While they were gone, the robot's repair circuits managed to bring it back up in operation. So there you have it. That's just a look at the adventure Murder World. So all in all, I thought it was an okay adventure. I was able to adapt it fairly easily into my campaign. Again, there was a part at the beginning I cut out and then the parts at the end. But I think Murder World does have a lot of potential in a superhero campaign because, well, as I was saying before with the example I made um, and even some of the examples that uh, they have in the the game there, not all of these encounters can uh, be overcome just with brute force. Uh, For example, She-Hulk's game that she gets stuck in, well, it's going to keep throwing these jets at her, so... It doesn't matter how good she is, eventually she's going to get shot down. Just like with the uh, castle thing that uh, Mr. Fantastic's in. You know, it says in the module that Arcade can throw these robot goblins at him for hours. So eventually he's going to get overwhelmed. So he has to try to find a way to get out of the trap as opposed to just sit there and fight everything. One warning I will give you, though, if you decide to run this adventure with your players. Because of all the things that were exploding, and especially the fact that a lot of times doors and exit ways were rigged with explosives, it did cause my players to become a little bit paranoid. So, for the next several game sessions, whenever they had to open a door or something... They always had one of the members with telekinesis put up a shield, and the other one used his telekinesis to open up the door from the other side of the room. So that was just a little bit of a comedic effect, I thought, uh, the adventure had on my... uh, my, That was kind of an after-effect, or a side-effect of this adventure on my, my poor players. Well, with that said, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and... Have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. 
visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.